Sean Baxter, a key figure in Melbourne music, Sean possessed a unique aesthetic vision and intellectual depth, mixing high-brow philosophical concepts with punk sensibilities in how he lived, spoke and played. He was pure energy. Bucket Riders, Almost Lucid Fairy Tale from their first album, Guignol's Band, on Dr. Jim's Records. Uh, this radio show is to celebrate the life, the musical life of Sean Baxter, the great drummer, curator, organizer, lover of all things avant, weird, messy, improvised, and experimental. Uh, Sean, alongside his longtime partner, Annalie Koenig, were incredibly active in organizing countless shows over you know over probably 20 years um in melbourne and uh anyone that had anything to do with the experimental improvised or avant music scene in melbourne probably knew and probably loved sean so uh this one's for him and annalee and oscar so yeah basically um i'm gonna go through a bunch of stuff that i had at home records that i had that sean had given me over the years and bands that i appreciated listening to live in melbourne mainly and um i knew sean for nearly 25 years as a lot of people did from the from the melbourne scene so we're just going to go through some of this and listen to the good shit um this is no kind of authoritative look at sean's musical life or personal life it's just me going through the stuff that i like that i had at home um anthony pateris and david brown sent me kindly sent me various bits and pieces that i didn't have so uh the other thing is we're going to read a few bits and pieces that picked up that got got put online um over the last couple of weeks 
as uh, showing the love for Shawnee. And uh, that first description of Sean was from Anthony Pateras. So we're going to read bits and pieces um, throughout the show about Sean. As I said, he was super well-loved. And uh, for anyone that didn't know Sean, this is hopefully an opportunity to uh, to listen to some of his fantastic music. So without further ado, we're going to get into it with going back a step from Bucket Rider and uh, listen to Sean's first band from Geelong called The Throwaways.
So that was the throwaways from Geelong, Australia, otherwise known as Detroit, as Sean used to like calling it. Um, the first song was called Safety Pod from the album Angle Grinder, 1991 on Orgogo Records. The second one was called Rock and Roll on 1994's post-Madonna, pre-Madonna CD released on Dr. Jim's Records. Dr. Jim would release a bunch of Sean's music uh, throughout his various bands, Bucket Rider, Western Grey, Lazy, um, big supporter of Sean for a long time. And uh, I personally remember those three, Sean, Dave and Jim, coming to all the shows um, from when I started going to shows, uh, which was kind of, I guess, around 97 I first met Sean and heard Bucket Rider for the first time where a friend of mine, uh, I was kind of a jazz nerd studying at the VCA, a friend, of, bass player friend of mine called Mark Shepard took me to some shitty bar in Melbourne in, in the, in the city, um, up some stairs. And I just remember being completely blown away by, um, by this kind of nastiness of Bucket Rider, which at the time was just a trio, Dave Brown, Sean Baxter and Tim O'Dwyer. Uh, later joined by Adam Simmons on sax and James Wilkinson on trombone. Um, so here's another track from, again, Bucket Rider's first band, first band, first album called Guignol's Band. <laughs> Thank you. 
So that was Nancaro for Conlon on Bucket Rider's first album, Guignol's Band. Bucket Rider made four albums, Guignol's Band, The Adoration of the Lamb, Le Belfame and Le Venmont, all of which released on Dr. Jim's records. Um, I am just going to read a little bit from Sean's fantastic essay, which was published, which was written in no- November 2018 and is published as the booklet to... Um, the Pateras Baxter Brown album, Burn Melbourne Milan. Um, Sean talks, the, the, it's worth reading the whole thing, but I'm just going to read a little bit about Melbourne from that time, which I think gives a good kind of insight into why Sean had no problem, uh, bringing metal, punk, thrash, grindcore elements into uh, you know, a more kind of free jazz context or whatever with, with bands like Bucket Rider. You know, it was in that, at that time it was happening all the time anyway. And I know me and Sean, you know, we talked a lot about bands like Last Exit or, you know, he, we both loved Brotsman, but for him, I think the bands like Last Exit or where he played with, um, the album Daredevil with the Japanese rock musicians, that kind of stuff was way more his cup of tea than um, the kind of any purist idea of what free jazz should be. So uh, I'll just read. Nurtured throughout the 90s by a constellation of adventurous sonic infrastructure, venues and galleries, record stores and labels, community radio programs, artist-run spaces, bloggers et raconteurs, combined with adventurous ears, adventurous minds and adventurous bodies, the experimental music scene in Melbourne had become, by the turn of the millennium, a self-sustaining entity. If not commercially, even by even today, it had developed into a aesthetically robust underground music scene which had more in common with DIY punk than jazz and Western art music. Enriched by national and local festivals like What Is Music and Liquid Architecture and events like Impermanent Audio, Chira New Music, Small Black Box, The Now Now in Sydney and The Make It Up Club in Melbourne, more accomplished and interesting avant-garde jazz, new classical and experimental improvised happened at the Punners Club, The Empress, The Tote and Teriyaki's and Akisaki's Chill Room than at Bennett's Lane Jazz Club and the Melbourne Conservatorium or whatever pathetic counterpart to the pathetic Melbourne recital hall existed back back then. You got your Zanarchus records at Missing Link, Polyester or Synesthesia rather than from Thomas's or Discurio. Dr. Jim's record label released as much experimental music as they did extreme metal and punk rock. Various committed presenters and producers in 3RRR, 3PBS, 3CR, ABC Classic FM and and Radio National provided oasis of sonic intrigue amongst the deserts of musical conformity that otherwise hogged the airtime of those radio bands. This climate not only made events like Articulating Space possible, it made them logical and natural. Articulating Space was a fantastic uh, music, experimental music series run by Anthony Pateras that we'll get back to later on because it's where apparently Sean and Dave first heard Anthony. Um, so, yeah, that just provides a little bit of context into the scene back in Melbourne in the day, which is not so different, thankfully, today. There's still a lot of uh, a lot of mixed up eclectic musical activity going on. So anyway, we're going to continue with another group uh, of Sean with Dave Brown again, with this time Philip Samartis called Western Grey. 
So we just heard two excerpts from two albums released on Dr. Jim's records. The first one was Western Grey's album Glacial Erratic, and the second one was Lazy's Microsonics. Um, I guess Microsonics was around the time uh, Sean started using more kind of junk percussion, bits of metal, bits of small bits of percussion alongside his his kit, which was quite radically different to the more kind of thrashy, free jazz, spazzy kind of playing that that he was doing in more kind of free jazz contexts and also using amplification to make kind of very small sounds sound pretty big. So uh, I remember taking great pleasure seeing Sean using and abusing all types of metal plates, wok lids, bits and pieces, junk percussion as he called it. And uh, there's just a little funny quote from a fellow drummer and friend Steve Heather who says every object has a story meaning history and individual purpose one of my most beloved objects is a metal camping plate given to me by another percussionist friend Sean Baxter at the end of one of his European tours needless to say this metal plate had seen better days when given to me it was covered in blood and looked more like a frisbee chewed on by a large playful dog or a miniature starship enterprise limping home after losing battle with the intergalactic dark force. Unfortunately for the camping plate, life hasn't become any easier since entering my hands. So yeah, uh, a lot of this type of playing um, was best seen and heard with the great trio Pateris Baxter Brown. So uh, let's get into that. Let's hear a bit of that. Thank you. 
Metamorphics from Pateras Baxter Brown's first album called Ataxia on Synesthesia Records, 2002-2003. I'll just read a bit in Sean's words. Pateras Baxter Brown was originally conceived as a radical free jazz trio. Dave and I were performing with Western Grey, an austere sound art collaboration we have with Phil Smartsis, supporting the launch of Anthony's first release, Malfunction Studies, at the Footscray Community Arts Centre of July 1st, 2002. Pateras played a solo on, on grand piano. It was a revelation. Appropriately captioned solo pianistic carnage on the concert poster, this imp- his improvisation was strident, eternal, angular and joyously loud, reminiscent of the most aggressively abstracted playing by the likes of Cecil Taylor, Alexander von Schippenbach, Yosuka Yamashida, but ramped up and punk as fuck. So uh, this was the start of a fantastic trio between Sean, Anthony and Dave, which went on up until very recently. Uh, I know they had a kind of long break, but actually got back together to perform in Melbourne in 2018, I believe. No, and Europe, sorry, 2018, 2019. So um, we're going to hear a couple of tracks from this fantastic group. Uh, I remember we put them on in Nantes in um, in the concert series we ran called Cable, and we used to, uh, you know, we we kind of were always looking for projects where you could like convert <laughs> um, people that fucking hated improv. Um, and actually show them some really amazing shit. And this was one of those bands that absolutely managed to kind of blow everyone away and convince everyone that, you know, improv and that kind of stuff wasn't boring as fuck. So basically this was just a continuation of the, the aesthetic of what the Melbourne kind of music scene was about. They're like childs from that scene. And, um, and this trio, rightfully so, had a lot of success in Europe and did many tours in Europe. People loved them all over. So we're going to listen to a bunch of different tracks from this trio. Enjoy. What do you want us to do? Do you want us to do like long song or short songs or punk rock or grindcore or breakcore? <laughs> Britney Fears. Disco, Britney Fears. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Let's do pure fucking Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to live up to. Make him a shit. <laughs> Did 
Two tracks from Pateras Baxter Brown's album Burn Melbourne Milan on Pateras's Immediata label. Uh, it's a double CD where Sean wrote the, the liner notes as an essay and improvisation where he touches on a lot of his own kind of musical history and also a lot of stuff, uh, internationally, but a lot of focus on, on Melbourne and the kind of artistic environment that he came from super super interesting so the first track was recorded in Bern in 2006 and the second at the inland concert series in melbourne in 2017 uh next one is from sean's only solo album uh on the polish bokian label so this album was just called solo drum kit improvisation we're going to listen to number one
That was the band Embers with their album entitled Slag Welter, playing uh, the second track, Blood Meridian, Tempering Agent, Sean Baxter Drums, David Brown, Microtonal Electric Bass, Adam Simmons, Tenor Saxophone, and Chris Wanders on Tenor Saxophone. Saw Embers play a bunch of times in Melbourne, brutal fucking free jazz, mayhem, Sean in his finest finest form with the kind of cracking piccolo snare action uh but i thought i'd choose to play one of the more a little more calm tracks from that album um next up is a duo unreleased duo recording with the great italian electroacoustic musician valerio tricoli uh recorded in berlin in valerio studio in 2012 
could I make a fucking fascist announcement? Um, I don't mind if you speak while I speak, but I do mind if you fucking speak when the music is happening, if you like the music happening. If you don't like the music happening, then feel free to speak all the time. That's totally cool. Um, one of the things that Make It Up Club has tried to cultivate over 20 years is discipline around fucking focus and joyous listening. Um, keep in mind also, and here I'm being a fucking fascist cunt again, um, is that we do have the ABC here recording. So, stuff like that, and you don't like the music, that is totally fine. If you are going to speak and you do like the music, then it's fucking not on. Okay? Anyway, with that said, um, coming up next in about 10 minutes, we have one of the most beautiful, meticulously crafted sextets that you will ever see. That was the sound of Sean Baxter. Um, in one of his legendary introductions to a gig, that one at the Make It Up Club where he was curator for a very long time. Uh, Sean and Annalee over decades organized countless gigs of, um, improvised experimental music shows and they kind of gleefully, um, brought together a bunch of really different eclectic and, uh, weird strange meetings between people musicians that would never probably otherwise cross paths um this one's from miles brown who says i my first memory of sean was him stage diving into me at the what is music festival at the punters club in the late 90s i think it was faxed head 19 year old miles was slightly terrified but very impressed at the amount of heckling he and dave brown were engaging in and how cool all the elder noise heads were us to us baby tasmanian art bogans Years later, Sean and Annalee saw my grind scuzz band Rotten Chop and invited me to be involved in their grindcore versus breakcore sound clash gig, which paired metal musicians with extreme electronic artists for one-off improvised sets. I was so honoured to be involved and so impressed at the concept of the night, drawing a direct correlation between the energetic force, creative glee and outsider thinking of all involved. Sean was a terrifyingly amazing drummer and a brilliant and provocative sound artist. He was also always ready for a challenging and enthusiastic rant about art and sound and music and one of Australia's true inspirations in terms of expanding community horizons and getting people to think outside of their perceived cultural rule bases. His ability to oscillate between expletive-laden metal speak and high-concept art intellectualism is world-renowned. He was also one of the most loving, interested, and creative, creatively supportive people ever, and a huge influence on me as an artist, arts facilitator, and as a person. If everyone was an, as inclusive, challenging, and excited about ideas as Sean, we would truly live in an artistic utopia. This one's from Clayton Thomas. Sean gave generation after generation of Australian mu musicians permission to be fucked and weird and, and intellectual and sincere. He saw the connection be between forces that are usually socially disoriented and he gave love, 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 love to honesty of expression. This one's from Judith Hammond. 
People in other places around the world have often asked me why we Melbourne improvisers are a bit different, not bound to scenes or genres or binaries like academic music versus DIY. That is, I think, mostly because of Sean. It's because he could and would talk about grindcore and Zanarkis and Foucault and the year 2000s pop music and Donna Haraway's cyborg manifesto in the same fucking breath. He taught all of us that sound and music and improvisation could be about challenging hierarchies instead of reinforcing them. This one is from Sean's brother, Dale Baxter. Vale Sean Baxter, 1970 to 2020. Today we were able to say goodbye to my brother. I cannot really articulate into words anything that would do justice to him as he was such a wordsmith and always had something profound to say or he would just say, fuck. During this time we've had to reflect, I've been humbled by the amount of love that was in this world for him. But I quickly realized that it was just what he gave to everyone for all of his life coming back to him. We will miss him, all of us. Thanks to all that raised a glass today. Personally, I think my favorite quote comes from Brisbane musician Scott Sinclair, who just says, Sean Baxter, the greatest.